0: And this message is just as applicable for kids and youth as it is for all of us adults in here. So whether you have been walking with God for your entire life, or whether you just walked in here today and you don't know what you've gotten yourself into, um, this message is for all of us. We've been on a series going through the book of James in the Bible, and... I've said it before, I'll say it again. Man, I love the book of James. He's just so straightforward. He's just so blunt. He just calls us out on all of our stuff and reminds us of the way of Jesus. And I love that, I like that. Um, But we are looking for how are his words that were read in synagogues or house churches back then, In Bible times in the early church, how are his words back then applicable to us today? And so um, we've been doing this every week and we have someone come up and read a portion of the scripture in an easy to read translation. And remember that as you hear this, you're not turning yourself to the book of James You are sitting here, you are maybe closing your eyes to concentrate or opening your eyes to see, but you're opening your ears to hear what the word of the Lord is to us today. So Brad, will you please come up and read?
1: This is God's heart for City Harvest Church. My friends, we should not all try to become teachers. In fact, teachers will be judged more strictly than others. All of us do many wrong things, but if you can control your tongue, you are mature and able to control your whole body. By putting a bit into the mouth of a horse, we can turn the horse in different directions. It takes Strong winds to move a large sailing ship, but the captain uses only a small rudder to make it go in any direction. Our tongues are small too, and yet they brag about big things. It takes only a spark to start a forest fire. The tongue is like a spark. It is an evil power that dirties the rest of the body, and sets a person's entire life on fire with flames that come from hell itself. All kind of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures can be tamed and have been tamed, but our tongues get out of control. They are restless and evil and always spreading deadly poison. My dear friends, with our tongues, we speak both praises and curses. We praise our Lord and Father, and we curse people who were created to be like God. And this isn't right. Can clean water and dirty water both flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? Does fresh water come from a well full of
0: salt water? Thank you, Brad. It's pretty convicting, right? (laughs) Um, We are actually going to be reading out of the book of James today. I'm reading out of the NIV translation today. So if you have phones and you want to, in the Bible app, turn to that, you can. If you would like a paper copy of an NIV Bible. Just raise your hand and the ushers will bring you one. Just keep your hand up until you've got one. So every week we've been going through these three questions regarding the book of James and what he's speaking to us through his letters. So how would your own personal life look different if you heard these words and then you actually put them into practice because James is very clear on that. It's not enough to just hear the words. You have to put them into practice. Then how would City Harvest, how would our church family and this community of believers look different if we all did this? What would change in our relationships with each other? What would change in the way people experienced us as they come into our building? What would change as we go out into our cities and our city and our neighborhood and in our homes and in our schools and in our workplaces if we put the words of James into practice? And then finally, what would God do? Just dream a little, imagine a little. What could God do in us and through us if we were collectively transformed by this truth? Because God is... You know, there's times where it's like God is looking for that one person, that one crazy person, right? He's looking, he's searching, who will say yes to me? Who will do the weird things? Who will stand up and say that this is what God is saying and isn't afraid to say it, like the prophets of old? But you know, he doesn't have to just find one. What if he found a whole family, a community of believers that all, said yes to him, that all said, we're going to obey your words. We're going to live these words out. What would happen in our own homes and in our schools and in our workplaces, in our city? And let's go beyond that, the world, right? What would happen? So turn to to James 3, the very beginning. We're going to start with really fun two verses here, um, which should make me get off this stage. (laughs) This portion of Scripture in my Bible, the heading is Taming the Tongue. So that's what we're talking about today, taming the tongue. Anyone whose tongue does not need to be tamed can go ahead and leave. Um, uh, James actually says you're perfect. You're completely mature and wise, so you don't need this. Um, but for the rest of us, myself included, we're going to stay here and learn about how to tame our tongues. James 3.1 one through two says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strict, strictly. We all stumble in many ways and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Some translations say mature. They're able to keep their whole body in check. And I will just say that this is something that actually I really had to wrestle with during, um, we had a, a transition time of about three and a half years where Pastor Bob and Pastor Sue announced to the church that Pete um, was going to be the next lead pastor and that we were going to be leading the church. And in that time period, I wrestled with a lot of things with God, but one of them was everything I say is going to be judged. Now, part of that is because when you are given a platform um, or an opportunity to speak to large groups of people, you should be judged, right? Your words should be critically evaluated for truth or if they were wise or if they were encouraging. But even right now with social media or digital age or we stream our services, everything I say is there for all of eternity, That feels like a really big weight (laughs) that I didn't want to carry. And it was something I had to surrender to God because I do sometimes say things that I have to take back and I have to go back to a person and apologize for. And there is this real thing where when you have a level of leadership, when you are in a role of authority, your words matter more. I was thinking about this with uh, movies and like, let's just say Independence Day or something where there's a disaster coming. The aliens are coming, right? I mean, if you're watching the news, the aliens are actually coming, but the aliens are coming. A natural disaster is coming. And in almost every single movie, there's the crazy lone scientists like in Antarctica and they've, they, you know, don't have a computer that really works or, or maybe the person they're stuck in a cubicle and they're figuring things out, and they've got all this data, and they're just trying to get it into the hands of somebody who will believe them, but will warn everyone. Because they know that if they try to warn everyone, no one will listen. But as soon as the information is believed and gets to the president, and there's always a scene where the president has to tell everybody, the aliens are coming, or the natural disaster is coming, and it's this, you know, really inspiring, but like really somber speech and It matters because the president is saying it, someone in a role of authority. Um, All that to say, though, (laughs) a good rule of thumb is to just go back to James 1, the first chapter, the verse that um, we say a lot in our home, not because we're more holy, it's because we're worse at it, actually. James 1, 19 through 20 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, let every person... Every person, teachers and people who are listening, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So if we're quick to listen and we're slow to speak and we allow people to evaluate our words and give us feedback, hopefully the things that are coming out of our mouth are impacting people in a way that is good and godly. The, the whole point of the taming of our tongues is that there is a goal of maturity in Christ. There's a goal of loving our neighbors well in Christ. And he says, if we can control the words that come out of our mouths and the tone of those words and the timing of those words, we are perfect. We are mature. We are wise. And there is a cost to maturity, though. There's a cost to taming our tongue. The number one cost of taming our tongue is humility. We have to be humble, and we have to realize that our words have impact and that our words can impact other people. We have to have a willingness to let Holy Spirit examine us. We ask this, Holy Spirit, in Atmosphere Prayer, we have a slide up that says, come in and search Would you show me anything that is not pleasing to you? Would you show me anything that gets in the way of my intimacy, my relationship with Jesus, but anything that gets in the way of my relationship with others? Then the hardest part, you might be able to ask Holy Spirit that. Maybe you're humble enough to know that your words have an impact, but then you have to right wrongs you have to be willing to hear how your words have impacted people and just this week i had an opportunity (laughs) to be humble and to allow someone to tell me how something that i had said and done impacted them and it it grieved me and i realized the person even said like we're friends so ouch you know as friends but you're also my pastor ouch there's more weight on the things that i say because of the role. So maturity, there's a cost to it. And um, even years ago, we had Mark Grable's dad, his dad, Bill, came in and worked with our eldership team and, and our staff and really tried to get us to um, be more unified and be more emotionally healthy. It was a long process. It took like two years. But um, one of the things he led us in is the elders and spouses. We we did an exercise where we gave each other feedback on how we experienced each other in meetings or in life. And uh, he split up the guys and girls. And um, I remember uh, Sandy Minor, I'm going to call you out. Sorry, Sandy. Um, she wasn't the only one who said it, but she, she said it in the most direct but also kind way. Essentially, you need to think about your words before you say them in a meeting. One, your words matter, so make them matter. But two, don't go on and on and ramble and do all these side stories and use all these filler words. And Okay, okay, Sandy. <laughs> Note taken. Um, I've been trying ever since. I hope I make you proud. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the scripture. James 3, verses 3 through 6. He talks here. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Okay, James, lighten up a little. Uh, Man, it's pretty intense. But so, do we have the pictures of the the horse, the bit, and the... No? Okay, just kidding. You guys know what a... A bit is in a horse's mouth and it's connected to the, it's part of the bridle and it's connected to the reins. Or the rudder on a ship is the thing that steers those ships. So both of those things control the movement. They steer the ship. And a lot of times we can read this and go, I get it. It's like a small thing, a bit, it controls a big thing, a horse, a small thing, a rudder. It controls a big thing, a ship, but it steers the course of the horse and it steers the course of the ship, and our tongue is a small thing that steers the course of our life. It doesn't just have a big impact, it does. But the things that come out of our mouths cause people to trust us or not trust us. The things that come out of our mouths might cause people to believe the best about themselves or believe the worst about themselves. Our tongues have the ability to steer the course of our lives. Now, at the risk of, there's, there's the, you know, the, the camp, there's a camp in, in Christianity, and it's the name it and claim it camp, right? You just name it and claim it, all the promises of God, and you just always speak what is considered faith, but sometimes it's not always reality. Um, I'm a very realistic person, so I always like to say, I want to be honest and honoring I want to be honest about what's going on but honoring but a lot of times I just I err on the side of honesty and honoring is the hard part so if you've ever known somebody who was really honoring in their speech not fake not fake where they were just like, everything's great. God is good. You know what is going on behind the scenes. You know what they post on Instagram and you know what's going on behind the scenes. And you're like, God does not seem very good to you. I think you're in denial. Not that kind of thing. I mean like the kind of people who, when they talk about somebody else, it's like, yeah, no, that person is that way, but you really need to like understand their story more. And you realize, wow. That person is being honest about this other person, but they're also honoring that there's a whole lot more to them than that one interaction that someone might have had with them. And that those little things matter. Are you the kind of person who through the course of, just think of this last week, consider conversations you had this last week. Conversations you had, words that came out of your mouth. Did they build people up? did they tear people down? Were your words received as wisdom, truth? Were they seen as mature? Or were they seen as flippant, harsh, foolish, untrue? Based off of the words that are coming out of your mouth, what direction is your life headed in? And a lot of times with leadership, we are looking for that. Like in leadership, we want to know that people that are leading us are going to speak well of others, be honest about, you know, flaws and faults and things, but speak well of others and believe the best about them. So going that way, going the course of, steering the course of going towards maturity, if that is our goal, we have to surrender Our bit, we have to surrender our rudder, and we have to say, Lord, my tongue and the words that come out of my mouth belong to you. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to purify us, to help us to discipline our speech. I can't do it on my own. Maybe you can. I can't. I have to invite the Holy Spirit to say, Come tame my tongue. Help it to speak words of life to people, not untrue things to flatter them and make them feel better in the moment. Help them, help my tongue to speak words of heaven, of prophetic wisdom over their lives. Only things for their good to build them up, even if, they're, if it's a hard thing. Help me to speak your truth and build them up. He talks about the tongue being like a, a fire, a small spark. And one of the pictures I had was of the gorge, the fire in the gorge in 2017, a before and an after. And when that was going on, it's, you know, kind of a funny story, I guess, but, um, Pete was like, we have to go see this fire. And so one night we all load up in the car, the kids and everything. And, uh, we drive out there to see the fire in the gorge and, wouldn't you know it? Just a few cars down the road was Joe and Amy, Pete's brother and his sister-in-law, and their kids. And they also went to go see uh, the fire uh, burning the gorge. It was it was incredibly sad. I mean, it was awe-inspiring. You're watching this fire, um, you know, come over some of these mountains, and sometimes there's these little explosions of of things, you know, trees going up in flames. And you're seeing how quickly it's going. We ended up getting out of there, and at some point that night, the fire did cross over onto the Washington side. But it was amazing when you think about that fire, and it was started by a firework, a lone firework. I had a, a friend who was actually in the area where the fire started and was hiking, um, and had you know they had to get rescued and, and taken out of there. And you drive the gorge today, it's still, you can see the effects of the fire. That small thing started all of that. And I think about that sometimes where um, James is being harsh. He really is. And a lot of times, I want to say, but... Like when he's saying this, but he's talking about our tongues like they're so evil and they're so bad. But, but, but God says our, our, our tongues have the power to build up, right? And, and words of life can come out of our tongues. And I, I have a reaction to me that wants to say, but. But he's got a point here and he's, he's headed towards something. He's saying this is the impact that your words can have. They have the power to destroy I want you to think about this, and I've done this a lot of times in classes where I'm talking about identity and um, words of death that were spoken over to you. Think of a time in your life when someone said something, and it doesn't even have to be intentional. It could have been completely harmless, they let it slip out, but because of your vulnerability in that moment, whether you were young, whether people were looking at you, whether you were in pain... Because of your vulnerability in that moment, that one phrase, that one word stuck and kind of implanted itself. Just think about that for a second. And the power of of that word spoken in a time of vulnerability and how that will stick with us and sometimes will actively fight against the truth of who God says we are and our identity in him. It is amazing to see people get free. Older people, young people, someone who's believed a lie about themselves for 50 years, that their, their voice doesn't matter. And you're like, no, God says your voice matters. Why do you believe that? Or they think they're weak because they have needs. And you're like, no, we need each other. Who told you that? Who said that to you? Who said you were too much? Who said that you, you didn't matter? The definition of, of tame, taming the tongue, is simply not dangerous. When a wild animal becomes tame, they are not as dangerous. They could still be dangerous, but they're not as dangerous anymore. It means that there's a control, that you can control behavior, or that there's an element of safety because there's things in place, structures in place. Are your words a danger to others? Are your words a danger to yourself do you talk negatively about yourself so verse 7 i'll read this real quick but we're getting to verse 9 this is the this is kind of the whole point of this so he says in verse 7 all kinds of animals birds reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind but no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison And it all leans up to this verse nine with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. The whole point He's pointing to their hypocrisy, their double-mindedness. And he's saying, what comes out of your mouth points directly to what you believe about God. It points to what you believe about yourself. And it points to what you believe about others. There's a lot of, um, uh, uh, c- not consistencies, I'm sorry, similarities between James and, and some of the things in Proverbs. And Proverbs has a lot to say about the tongue. It has a lot to say about wisdom. Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. One who guards, oh, Proverbs 21.23, One who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is, um, well, he had just rebuked some of the religious leaders for their hypocrisy. He loved to do that as well. Uh, James learned from his brother, um, that they were bothered that Jesus' disciples weren't doing this ceremonial hand-washing. And so Jesus called the crowd to him and said, this is Matthew 15, 10 through 11, he said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. And he's talking about a lot of their religious laws and things they could or could not eat. He said, but what comes out of their mouth that is what defiles them. The seed determines the fruit. The source determines the nature. So he goes on to say, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. No. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The seed determines the fruit. The source determines the nature. When we have insecurity in our hearts, when we have anxious thoughts in our mind, when we've allowed seeds of bitterness or seeds of pride to hang out in our heart, hang out in our lives, that fruit will come out in our actions, yes, but it will come out of our mouth. And I do, I I did feel strongly that I was supposed to say this. Now, every time we read scripture, we are trying to take the context that it was written in and understand the context it was written in and how it can apply to our lives. So in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean we dismiss things if they don't make sense or we don't do that culturally anymore. But there are some things that were just for that time. Um, You know, wearing mixed clothing, That was just for that time, it's okay, grace, grace, for all of us wearing mixed clothing, um, mixed material clothing. But there are things that you have to go, okay, well how does this apply in our culture today? Because of the age that we live in, and all of us have a phone, sorry, some of you kids might not have a phone and you should not have a phone until your parents want you to have a phone, but um, we all have phones. We all have at school, we have iPads and laptops. At home, we have laptops and TVs and all kinds of things. We all have access to the internet for the most part. Our words are not just the things that come out of our mouths. And I, I really, over the last couple of years, when people talk about something kind of crumbling or there being faulty things in their faith and, you, and it's something that causes you to go back to God and go, God, what's true? And a lot of times this happens when people deconstruct or, or I, I don't like that word, but I'll use it for the sake of, of, clarity. But like when people are taking their faith and they're looking at it and going, what was tradition that was passed on to me? Or what's a tradition that was in the little corner of Christianity I grew up, I grew up in. And then what's God, what's truth, what's Bible, what's Jesus, what's wisdom, One of the things I had to go back to God on was over the last couple of years during election cycles, the things that people that I knew, that I loved, that went to this church, um, or believers from other places, the things that I saw that people were posting online. Our words, taming our tongue, there's, there's a piece of it where it's the actual words we speak. There is a taming of our tongue that needs to happen through our fingers and the things that we post and the comments we make online. That is just as much a word that can reflect Christ or agree with the accuser of our souls. And I want to exhort, encourage, challenge, but say, listen, pay attention to what you post, pay attention to your comments, pay attention because you are still reflecting Christ. And are you reflecting him accurately by what you share and what you comment on and what you say? Are you getting into fights on the internet with strangers trying to defend god or trying to defend something that you don't know don't do that let's work on taming our tongues before we try to tame the tongues of others let's work on having wisdom ourselves in what we post and in what we share and in what we comment before we try to police the comments of others in the next chapter not talking on that but the next chapter james 11 through 12 he says Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister judges them, who speaks against a brother or sister judges them, speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So, we're going to get ready to take communion here. So, ushers, if you guys can go ahead and pass that out. We're just going to pass it out in the rows. We're not going to have you come up. I hope you weren't listening to this message, amening, thinking of someone else. I hope you weren't listening to this message and elbowing your spouse or your friend sitting next to you. I hope you weren't texting someone. Oh, you should really stream today's message. It's really good. It's for you. It's for us. It's for each one of us. It's for me. My words are going to be judged more strictly. It's for me. We need to know the weight of our words. But here's the thing. This can feel like a heavy message. And I think one of the reasons, you know, it could be my delivery. One of the reasons is because we all say such flippant Things all the time. We do. Things are just constantly coming out of our mouths. And this is not against the extroverts or the talkers in the room. Because you can be an introvert and not say that much and just wait for the right moment to like zing somebody or say something really passive aggressive. So this is not just against all of us who love to talk and, and blab. This is for all of us. Our tongues matter because they reflect the state of our heart. So oftentimes, do you know what happens? You don't realize maybe something's going on in your heart, but other people around you do. And maybe you've invited people into your life and you've said, please, if I say something that hurts you, or I say something in a way that I could have said it better, please let me know. Maybe you do that. And maybe people actually take you up on it. Most of us don't actually think our words maybe have that much wait, but they do. Maybe some of us actually just were like, well, I don't know how to tame the tongue. I I don't know where to start. I'm all over the place. I I say whatever comes to my mind. I don't think about it before it comes out. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. So we're not going to go through the normal um, verses that we would talk about with communion. Um, I'm not going to lead you through something really long with the communion, um, with the elements. We are simply going to sit here with the bread and the juice, which it represents the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. His body that was broken for our sins and our iniquities and, and the ugly parts, but his body that was broken so we could be made whole. And we're going to sit here with the juice that represent his blood that was shed. But his blood that washes away all of our sins, makes us clean, makes us righteous, makes us pure, purifies us from the inside out. And as you take the elements and as you consider and reflect on what they mean, I invite you to ask Holy Spirit in the words that i speak and in how i speak them what needs to be made pure and sit and listen and wait for holy spirit to speak to you and most of us there's a list probably so holy spirit might just bring up one thing and that's okay (laughs) i invite you to do that again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day Maybe be accountable and ask someone that you trust this week. I would invite you to ask three, four, five people that you trust. Where does my tongue need taming? You see me, you know me, you hear me. Where does my tongue need taming? Ask Holy Spirit first, but I invite you to ask people around you that know you, that love you, that will be honest with you. Where does my tongue need taming? In the very first chapter of James 1.5, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask Holy Spirit, please. Please. Give me wisdom in my speech. Give me wisdom in the words I speak and how I speak them.